You were here long before any of us were here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. What? They call her Pocahontas. Oh, no. It is deeply unfortunate that the President of the United States cannot even make it through a ceremony honoring these heroes without having to throw out a racial slur. I think what most people find offensive is uh, Senator Warren lying about her heritage to advance her career. All right, we need a little setup here. Oh, boy. So uh, if you're a World War II buff, one of the great stories of World War II is these Native Americans who came up with a code that the Marines used that could not be broken by the the, the, the Nazis or the Japanese. Because be- there's no extant written version of it, right? Right. So because there's, there's, yeah, because of the way of uh, Indian languages work, whatever, it was an unbreakable code. So these guys were honored uh, at the White House yesterday. It's hard to imagine how this has just happened now. But three Navajo war heroes uh, honored at the White House yesterday. For whatever reason, President Trump decided to use that occasion to take a shot at Elizabeth Warren, who quite possibly is who he's going to be running against in 2020. She's, oh she's about the biggest star in the Democratic Party. Um, and uh, she once claimed Indian heritage, which turned out to be false. Listed it on her resume and her uh, her employers. Well, I tell you what, why don't we welcome Gabby Morangello of the Washington Examiner uh, with us. She is a White, Ho- White House correspondent. Hey, Gabby, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, we're fine and dandy, thank you. So Elizabeth Warren has used her uh, Native American heritage to her advantage through the years, has she not? Well, she claims that she is has always been... Um, Native American, that she didn't use it to get a head start on anything or to gain a competitive advantage, but that rather she wanted to be included in um, different activities where other Native Americans would have invited her, knowing that she also was, as she claims to be, Native American. Well, in the places she worked, including Harvard, touted it quite uh, proudly that she was a uh, you know a Native person, but uh, it turns out there's absolutely no proof or evidence that, that she is. You know, as a humorist, and I've got to get this out, what bothers me about the Pocahontas thing is the joke is she's Focahontas. F-A-U-X. Focahontas. Fake Cahontas. But the president, with his limited, well, limitations, uh, has gone with Pocahontas. <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way. All right, having said that, <laughs> having said that, Elizabeth Warren and others went nuts uh, after the president said that. What happened? Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, the president kind of took the punniness out of this when he replaced Focahontas with Pocahontas. Um, People had used the term Focahontas to refer to her for a number of years back when she was running for Senate. And and that was funny, but when he started referring to her as Pocahontas, it did um, create a bit of a stir um, on Capitol Hill yesterday and and within the White House. You had a number of reporters questioning uh, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders asking her if this would constitute a racial slur, uh, if the president meant it as a racial slur. And, of course, you had Senator Elizabeth Warren saying that this was just another way uh, the President Trump has tried to, quote, shut her up. Yeah, and today uh, the Navajo leader is out ripping Trump for the Pocahontas remark. He, he said, I feel the way that it was used, it was used as a racial slur. Pocahontas is a real person, not a caricature, not something someone made up. I don't think the president made it as used it as a racial slur at all, but that's just my opinion. It, it's a racial slur overstates it, and we we always want to throw around the most uh, you know exciting language we can. I think in these things in the modern day, it's it perhaps trafficking in a stereotype. Um, but so, uh, what did Sarah Sanders say back to all the uh, the anger? 
Well, she uh, disputed the claim that it would be a racial slur. She said that what was even more offensive than uh, the president using that term to refer to the Massachusetts senator was that Elizabeth Warren had, as you both mentioned earlier, um, you know, lied or written on her resume that she was Native American in order to try and um, get some type of advantage, although she obviously says that that wasn't the case. But um, it's interesting because, you know, Elizabeth Warren, if you asked her today if she still thinks that she's um, 132 or however, whatever percentage Native American that she claims to be, would maintain that, yes, absolutely, she, she's still Native American and still identifies as that. So oh, my God. She, you identify was, as Native American because you're 132nd something. That's ridiculous <laughs> if it's true, and it's probably not. Well, and that is straight <laughs> out of the ugliest chapters in human oh, history sure. in terms of eugenics. And if you've got one Jew drop of blood in you, I mean, that sort of attitude horrifies me. Oh, but It's incredible. Anyway, yeah. Gabby Morangello of the Washington Examiner is on the line. Anything else about this story we should know, Gabby? Um, I think this is just going to continue to be a part of a news cycle for the rest of this week, unfortunately. And I think it's another story where if you like Trump, you think it's freaking awesome that he's right. making fun of Elizabeth right. Warren. If you hated him, you hated him already, and now you hate him more. So, Oh, that's right. You know what I heard? And All right, now we're just chatting, Gabby, if that's all right with you. But <laughs> I, I heard that Keith Olbermann has ended his podcast or whatever because he said, this is the end of the Trump presidency. There's no need for me to do my thing anymore. The Pocahontas thing? Yes. Wow. Yep. Of, of all the things I was going to pick to end his presidency, it wouldn't have been this one. I have to agree with you there. I don't think this is going to be the uh, thing that puts him over the edge at all. Right. Okay, and my final question, Gabby, is that I see from your bio that you spent some uh, quality time at Oregon State. Is that right? OSU? I did. Unfortunately, they uh, they got creamed earlier this week in the Civil War. I was not going to bring <laughs> so that up. recovering from that. So you're part of Beaver Nation for a while. Then you went to George Washington University, right? Correct. Because you were tired of getting beat by Oregon? <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to be in D.C. But oh, um, I see. even better, I, I spent a number of years. I grew up in Sonoma. So ah, beautiful. I'm a big great. fan of the Bay Area. All right, Gabby. It's great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Thank you. All right. See you later. So here's my take on it. First of all, I watched it last night. I thought it was freaking hilarious. I laughed out loud. Oh, my God. I played it for my wife. I can't. I'm so sorry, folks. Go on, you bigot. I think it is just plain hilarious. All it is is a shot at Elizabeth Warren, right. period. It is not meant to be a slur at all. Anybody who's trying to make that into a slur, you're just trying too hard, in my opinion. It's just, it's only a shot at Elizabeth Warren making up her crap about being a Native American, which was clearly to try to get advantage or virtue signal about something as a minority. Sure. On the other hand... Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, you'll save me the trouble. Go on. <laughs> I am really bothered at the setting because now the one of the great stories of American history, World War II heroes, that whole thing completely lost. Once again, Trump would manage to make it all about him and right. not about the, the guys who are getting these medals and, and the, the amazing story behind it. Well said. Here are some guys with legitimate you know, historical grievances, if you're into that, probably in their own lifetimes, who did amazing, selfless things for our country at a time of great need. And instead of making it about them... He, he thought, hey, wait a minute, they're Indians. Uh, wait a minute, I know there's an Indian thing. Uh, there's yeah, a chance uh, for me to take a shot Elizabeth at somebody. Warren, right, yeah. a Pocahontas thing. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny. And it's just, it's so dumb. It's so friggin' dumb. But it's not but what it's being portrayed Taking as. shots at her, calling her, another, any other setting, do it all day long. Sure. All day long. Her, her claim of being 132nd something is just abhorrent. I know. I, the whole thing disgusts me.
The whole, how much blood do you have of this race or that race? I mean, that's the stuff of of, of the, the horrors of eugenics in the early 20th century, of Hitler, of, of, of the Klan. How many drops of this blood you got? I mean, that, God, it's horrible. Well, you can't. And now people are just touting it proudly yeah. and demanding various things on that basis. You don't want that world, God, where people are measured like that. Plus, she was probably lying about well, it. Well, that too. There's no proof that that's true. Self-righteous old bitty. I was explaining that to my wife. There are a number of politicians. Slur. Somebody look that up. <laughs> There are a number of politicians over the years that have had this this sort of thing happen, and it's usually when you rise to a certain level of prominence that somebody actually digs into your story. Sure. Her example, she'd been saying that forever, forever, all through Harvard, her early in her political career. Then finally she becomes a big enough deal. Somebody says, oh, yeah, can you just let us know the documentation behind that? There is none. Right. And, and she got out of it. Reminds me of Governor Richardson from New Mexico. He'd been saying he tried out for the Kansas City Royals his entire life as a politician, (laughs) all through all kinds of levels of being a politics, up through governor. And when he wanted to run for president, somebody finally took the time to look into it. No, he never did. And he had to admit that, no, he never did actually do that. A number of war heroes. Right, the stolen valor thing. There are a couple of notable ones of those lately. The names escape me. Who go their whole careers at claiming they're heroes, and and sometimes they weren't even in the war at all. Once you finally get to a point that somebody actually looks into it. So it's, it's I a may common have story. implied that I served in Vietnam. I, I meant to say I was in that era, the Vietnam era. Yeah, a bunch of liars. <laughs> <laughs> Telling these stories your whole life. I mean, because you can claim you were the, you know, the 4A state champion in the 100-meter dash your whole life. Nobody's ever going to check you on that unless you're running for president right. or something like then that. Then they check everything. <laughs> yeah. One thirty-second Cherokee. Yeah, I, I actually oh, have. Well, to... you're a very different person than me. Then you understand <laughs> things I could never understand because of that that drop of blood. God, it's, it's abhorrent. Weird. Yes, Sean. I have the state record for the quarter mile, but I was academically ineligible, so it's not officially on the record books. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Wow, they so, screwed you. Yeah. So you're we, a different learner. So if we were to check, it wouldn't be there. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. But every, right. everybody who was at that track that day knows. I was actually in the record books, but I committed a series of heinous crimes much later in my life, and they expunged the record. Oh, that's not not a good campaign speech. (laughs) You got to work on that. (laughs) So I was better off being a liar about my track history than the crimes that caused them to be expunged. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't think that through. I won an Emmy for my guest appearance in MASH in 1976. I was a, a young soldier who missed my girlfriend back home. Would that it were. Would that it were. It's John Kerry. So that's that. All right, something different. Pocahontas. Oh, my God. Nobody else would do that. I'll give, I'll give you that. Nobody else would do that. Bum crisis in Portland coming up. Also, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The chaos continues. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I uh, 
am literally upset right now. I don't know why people did not wake up. They had too much food. I don't know what the deal is. You got cars coming through, but they're stuck right now in their cars. Nobody's coming out. Yeah, they open their doors at 6 o'clock, but I'm really upset right now. We don't have anybody out here. We got another news crew that I'm not going to name. She's out here. So at the moment, I'm going to send it back to y'all because ain't nobody here. I'm going back home. I'm going back to my bed, and I'm going to sleep. <laughs> A reporter that was sent out to cover the Black Friday crowd, and there's no crowd there. The only other people there are other news reporters to, re- to report Why? on the non-Black Friday crowd. With that attitude, you'll never rise to, through the ranks of KBWB. We were going to send you to report on the first snowfall of the year. Now you've lost that assignment. So he could have been standing up there. The flakes are beginning to fall, Jen. Jen? Yep, it's snow. <laughs> Oh, my God, local TV news. It's stabbings and features for stupid people. The only thing I like, the only thing I like is when they, like, go after somebody who defrauds somebody. You know? The getting answers or 11 on your side oh, yeah, or whatever, all those. That's I good. really like those. They should make the whole newcast that because that's oh, good yeah. stuff. The consumer advocate yeah, stuff. That's, yes. that's stuff I can't do. You saying, I'll let you know who won the big game in three minutes. In the modern world? And my phone already did that four hours ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We'll tell right. you how the weekend's going to be coming up. Oh, really? I'll tell you how the weekend's going to be now. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> my parents don't need that. Right. Right. You know, maybe, although they do have beautiful weather maps. They have very, very nice weather maps. Uh, plus, they, they, they have come up like future cast. I like that term. I've heard that on several news stations. Future cast. It's just forecast. Four means be like before. It means future. It's <laughs> the same thing. But I like those uh, consumer advocate things. I yeah. mean, for instance, maybe one of them would like to look into how a really expensive Sony TV crapped out. <laughs> and, and how now, apparently, I've got to ship it to the manufacturer. How am I going to ship that thing? You know, I... And, and, and perhaps the store where I bought it. I'm not going to say where I bought it, but complete the phrase, would you like blank with that you bought it at mcdonald's no complete the phrase would you like fries oh with, gotcha. oh there, there you go. go there you um, he got on everybody yeah, it took me a while <laughs> um i i take every warranty i i don't even hear when somebody tells me about a warranty i take them all with the assumption i can't use this it's of no use to me the for the like most part the extended warranty they try to sell you or the one no, that comes with the it? warranty that comes with it oh, I yeah. just assume that there's a reason I'm not going to be able to do that it costs too much to ship it or there's a restocking fee that's so expensive it doesn't make any sense or mm. or or whatever i've I've used warranties to my advantage have you but to ship a 65 inch flat screen TV that ain't gonna be God, cheap. Use a warranty Plus, to my they'll advantage, get like, there and they'll say it's fine you broke it in shipping. Right. What? Exactly. Bastards. Exactly. That's I'm just w- going to assume I'm going to fail. I'm just going to go throw a brick through somebody's window. No, I, there's not a chance I would think that that's going to work out. Mailing your TV there, them fixing it, and then mailing it back at the cost no. of $1,000 to mail that without... Them. They may just say to me, yeah, just swap it out. Those they things might. are so freaking cheap. We make so much money on them. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it costs us fifty dollars to make this. So yeah, know, I need Kevin, day. my tech guy, to, to to text me back. Kevin, that's right. I'm calling you out, babe. Charles, Gotta get that thing fixed. Daddy needs his tube. 
Charles Barkley has finally weighed in on the election of Roy Moore. If you're looking for the round mound of rebound to uh, <laughs> set up your political races for you, we'll get to that later. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, uh, but, uh, what did I say? Oh, you know, it was funny. During I was going to talk about the um, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and how weird and unconstitutional it is and the interesting situation with the two people uh, trying to run it. Um, what was the other thing I was going to do? But uh, you know what I spent my time doing during the commercials was looking at the uh, the Stolen Valor Hall of Fame um, and eight people who famously embellished their military service records. Author John Ellis is on there, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true, which is tragic because he's uh, one of my favorite historians. Yep. Yeah, Tom Harkin of Iowa. You remember that? Yep. Yeah, he'd, uh, he'd fudged and claimed things that weren't that, true. That is a special kind of lie. Uh, claiming you tried out for the Kansas City Royals and it turns out it's not true is, you know, whatever. That's But claiming you were a, a hero in battle and you were not is right. really, really awful. Mark Kirk, Republican senator, embellished his military service record, claimed he got a medal that he didn't. Brian Dennehy, the actor. Uh, was, I saw uh, him coming out of a restaurant once in Austin, Texas. Wow, go on. <laughs> That's the whole story. Oh, okay. <laughs> he lied about serving in Vietnam. He was a Marine during that period, but never went to Vietnam. Wow, that, that's a hell of a thing to do. One of my favorite corners of YouTube is you find the guys, uh, former military people, seeing a guy in a uniform and whatever, their radar is just, it's like that that uh-huh. uniform doesn't make sense. So they go up and they start, hey, where where'd you get that badge from? Where Where is that medal for? Wow. And they just kind of undress these guys right in front of us. Oh, it's, yeah. It's really yeah, fun. Th- those are, are great and so hard to watch because they're humiliating a guy and then threaten to whoop his ass, which is appropriate. But I do enjoy those. And And I was just looking at the Stolen Valor Hall of Fame and so many of these guys look alike. They're just kind of doughy, loser-looking guys. Well, that's who are expected. just desperately searching for an identity, and it's pathetic. It's don't, it's mostly pathetic. Don't pick that one. And then there's Walter Williams, long hailed as America's last surviving Civil War veteran. Williams was reported to have been a fraud before his death. In 1959, they uncovered the man's birth records, which proved he was only five years old when the war broke out. And while brother fought brother during the Civil War, it wasn't in the playpen. Well, that would <laughs> that would fit in with that book that's out about entitlements. Remember, I told that story. That's one of the or- original entitlement sins. Uh, when we really kicked off the whole thing was Civil War stuff, and how we had presidents well into the twentieth century were saying, "How do we have growing Civil War roles of people that we're paying mm-hmm. uh, widows and that, all that sort of stuff? People that were were <laughs> barely alive at the time are not right. alive at all, right?" Yep. So there was an advantage to lying about that back in the day. You got money for it. And I knew I was forgetting a recent one. Senator Richard, Richard Blumenthal, Democrat Connecticut. Oh, uh, yeah. Trump mentions this guy all the time. Right, right. He uh, devised one of the great military frauds in U.S. history, uh, according to the, the president, et cetera, et cetera. See, Trump. Blumenthal on several occasions claimed he served in Vietnam. Well, uh, he did not. Trump claimed he had a bad foot. Well, right. Blumenthal received at least five deferments from 1965 until 70 before enlisting, where he got a cushy gig at the Marine Corps Reserve in D.C. Okay, so he was connected and got deferments, but then claimed he served. Right. Trump was connected and got deferments, but never claimed he served. He had a bad heel. So the win goes to Trump. He never claimed he served after he got his deferments. That's some win. Yeah. What do you got coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got Trump tweets warnings to Democrats and the NFL this morning. And the Supreme Court's going to be taking up a digital privacy case 
that will affect us all. We've yeah. got the stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, that's a big story. Yep. If you're a libertarian, that's one you're into. So it's all on the way with Park Visitor Marshall Phillips, <laughs> which you will forever be known as. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. What do you think the matte finish is so hot these days? The black matte finish? What did I say I have earlier? I think it's four things to make you happier today, according to uh, science. I'll have to get to that later, because why wouldn't you want to do that? Unless you like being unhappy, I guess. Uh, stay tuned. Right now, news with Marsha Phillips. News that can make you smile, huh? Sure. President Trump heading over to Capitol Hill to rally Senate Republicans on taxes. Then he's going to pivot to negotiations with Democrats in a separate high-stakes showdown over the budget and immigration. Trump already rejecting any talk of a deal with the Dems on the federal budget. Ahead of the meeting, Trump tweeting, meeting with Chuck and Nancy today about keeping government open and working. Problem is they want illegals flooding into our country unchecked are weak on crime and want to substantially raise taxes. I don't see a deal, exclamation point. Hey, I got a question. suppose I could look this up. Maybe somebody yep. else can. The last time we had major tax reform, when Reagan was president, right. mm-hmm. was that passed along party lines or was that a partisan. mixture? No, 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 bipartisan. Yeah, indeed. He yep. and uh, the tipper yep. worked that out. That was one of the oh, major that's right. projects. That's yeah. right. Tip O'Neill. So, so I was going to say... We're not getting anywhere until we get past this period of you can't vote for the opposite party president right. stuff ever, right. or or you'll be primaried out. Right. We'll, we'll never get anywhere where even if you think it was a good idea that Barack Obama wanted to do something, you can't vote for it as Republican or vice versa with Trump. Right. I wonder if people uh, in either party, if with the other guy in the White House, would vote against a cure for cancer. I'll bet you'd have to pr- you'd have to convince some of them to go ahead and vote for it. This will be a big win for him, though. I mean, they're that cynical. Yeah. And we, you're right. We do have to get by this. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, listen, things have been going against my way of thinking for a long damn time. The government keeps growing and growing. You know, the, the deficit spending and spending is the true rate of taxation. So taxes have skyrocketed over the last 15 years. Skyrocketed. If you know what I mean. Read Milton Friedman. Um so trust me, I'm I'm saying this not as a guy who wants my way because I'm never going to get my way. We have to get to a system where it's almost mathematical. Where all right, I got sixty, I got fifty nine votes, but I don't have sixty votes, so I'm going to get about fifty nine percent of what I want. Or or you know, you get a ten percent bonus for having the uh, majority. And the other guys, all right, so that takes them down to they get thirty percent. All right, they want that reform and they want that uh, for for the widows and orphans or whatever. All right, they get that, and you just hash it out, then have the POTUS sign it. You know, this can't go on. This is stupid. One of the uh, other targets that the uh, president set his uh, Twitter machine on, he's not letting go of it. It's the NFL players who kneel during the national anthem. Trump tweeting, at least 24 players kneeling this weekend at NFL stadiums that are now having a very hard time filling up. The American public is fed up with the disrespect the NFL is paying to our country, our flag, and our national anthem, weak and out of control, exclamation point, exclamation point. That was Trump's other tweet target. So is he tweeting to try to distract from things as uh, they claim on Brian Williams' show every night, or does he just 
spout things off continually on various topics. Yeah, or, you know, I the, the distraction thing I've never really bought, although I could certainly be wrong, is he's, it... He's so spur of the moment. It's right, not, so my question is, is it the spur of the moment thing? He's obsessing over it? Or is it he knows it's a winner with the base? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is it is it adolescence or is it Bannon? Bannon style. Oh, speaking of Bannon, that factors into the Charles Barkley commentary we have to play for you Open later. Open Bannon style. <laughs> so that Trump tweet, by the way, came approximately 8 to 12 minutes after Fox and Friends covered that story on the story. So yeah. 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 He's watching TV and there tweeting about what he yeah. watches. Yeah. So evidently impulsive. it took him eight minutes to find his phone. But that's, so that's the impulsive, yeah. he just was thinking about yeah. it, as opposed to, you know what, there's a story about Russia in the paper today, so I'm going to tweet. There's a story about Russia in the paper every day. So. Yeah. The Supreme Court's wading into a big digital age privacy debate this week. Justices scheduled to hear arguments tomorrow on whether police need a search warrant for cell phone location information routinely collected by wireless companies. Now, the case is Carpenter versus the U.S. It involves a massive string of cell phone threat, uh, thefts and armed robberies in both Michigan. Police tied the thieves to the holdups by matching cell phone location data from the ringleader's wireless provider and the dates of the robberies. To get the guy's conviction, the cops relied on the data that was obtained without a warrant from wireless carriers revealing where the crook had been over several months' time. Right, and if the Supreme Court says this is okay, we now have a government tracking device. Right. Because the, they don't need a warrant, so they don't even really need that good a reason, I'm guessing, without since you don't need a warrant, to, to get the information to just figure out where you've been. Because they want it. Just because they, they, they wonder. This yeah. is one of your top five 21st century legal issues, third-party information privacy. And, the, yeah, right. the soup's ought to weigh right. in on this because this is huge. Think of the companies that know so much about mm-hmm. you, they could bring you down. Do you want to hear the list? Starts with Facebook and goes from there. Indeed. Indeed. Now, Joe, I know as uh, probably the band's biggest fan, you're going to be delighted to learn (laughs) three new species of microbes are being named after Rush. (laughs) Well, the microbes. That is an honor. Microbes recently found in the guts of termites, and they have long, (laughs) flowing hair, and they move rhythmically under a microscope. Hilariously. Hilarious. So you can check out a video about the new species. We've got it uh, linked at armstrongandgettyradio.com. Watch their bobbing heads and flowing hair under the microscope. That would join various uh, other species of uh, their spiders. I think they're planets yeah. or star systems or whatever uh, named after the fellers in Rush. Yep. Fabulous. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So we got uh, Charles Barkley weighing in on the politics we got four things you can do today to be happier. You probably ought to get to that. Yeah. You want to? Plus, the whole Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, its existence is very odd. And they still got two bosses fighting for <laughs> supremacy, which is just crazy. Trying to bribe the employees with donuts. And yeah, that was kind of funny. disregard his orders. Disregard her orders to disregard my orders. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. For 
easy steps toward happiness you can take today, compiled by smart people who claim to know something. There you go. This is making the rounds. People are forwarding this sort of thing around. I tell you what, I find myself sometimes just flowing negative. My attitude, my feeling, I get this overall hunted beast thing, mm. and I can talk myself out of it pretty well, but i, I got to be aware of it. So I'm, I'm into this sort of thing. So four things you can do right now to improve your happiness. Uh, conquer your negative thinking, mm. as you were just talking about. I'll be damned. Humans have evolved to focus on the negative. That sentence alone I find fascinating. Obviously, we have. Sure. If we overlearn a bad situation, we're more inclined to avoid those situations in the future or react more quickly. Well, for the first 98% of humanity's existence, being safe was a dream. It's a nearly impossible dream. So keeping yourself from being eaten, battered, you know, diseased, cut, bruised, etc., occupied your entire day. But as we all will know, that isn't always helpful in the modern world. When something bad happens, we tend to overanalyze and have trouble getting our mind off of it. Uh, the trick to avoiding those spirals and rabbit holes of misery is to acknowledge and challenge our negative thoughts. I do this. Rather than try to bury them, we should own these thoughts and ask ourselves a few questions like, what is the evidence for this thought? Or am I basing this on facts or feelings? A little self-investigation can help us get over the thoughts that just won't leave our heads. I do that a lot. Right. My favorite is... Will this turn out just fine? And if the answer is, oh, yeah, almost certainly, then don't stew about it. I also, I, you know, I'm working with at least one of my offspring on identifying the feeling. Just name it. Jim. No, not like that. Butterscotch. No, uh, this is anxiety. This is my anxiety problem. This is not an actual issue in my life this is my weird anxiety thing and once you identify it 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 helps a lot yeah my dumbed down version of that is often is there anything bad actually happening right now because i feel like something bad is happening is there anything bad actually happening and i think for a second no there's not so it's just my head right (laughs) there's nothing bad actually going on stupid stupid head yeah um stop uh beating yourself up forgive yourself this one is pretty simple If you're compassionate and supportive of other people, why shouldn't you give yourself the same luxury? This can be a difficult concept for those of us who tend to beat ourselves up over perceived failures. Um, I have done that most of my life. Somehow I became convinced that if I was just, like, really severe enough on myself, (laughs) I would learn my lesson. But Mm -hmm. I I think I've finally recognized that is not working. Right. So let's try a different Mm -hmm. way of going about it. Yeah. Uh, Another conversation I've had with my youngsters. Money helps, but only to a point, so don't focus so much on it. An often cited study from a few years ago named the amount of money at which uh, happiness peaks, $75,000 a year. However, there's another study that says it's $100 million is the number you need to buy happiness. Wow. And still other studies say lottery winners are no happier than the rest of us. So what are you supposed to do with that? The truth is we're plagued by the constant craving for uh, more stuff, more money, and that's called the hedonic treadmill. I have one of those at home. <laughs> I run on the hedonic treadmill. Um, oh, as in uh, hedonistic. Yeah, right, yeah, hedonistic. yeah. Same route. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you get stuck on it, and the key to uh, finding happiness is to find purpose and meaning in your work rather than focus on the money you're going to get as if that's going to make you happy. So find purpose and meaning in other things other than chasing the money. That's a pretty simple one. What if your purpose and meaning is trying to help people understand that liberty is the the most crucial element in this beautiful country and that small government is is the route to happiness and 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 technology and innovation and wealth. 
Mm. And I've ex- 80% of the country thinks you're an idiot. I've accepted that human beings are not built for that, Yeah, un- yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And this so is, we'll just try to amuse you and a this, little bit. This one, number four, is my favorite one. Hmm. Buy more time. If you can buy anything, buy yourself time. Oh, yeah. If given the choice between buying material things and buying services or something that saves you time, think about the time savers. And two surveys cited in this guide to happiness, researchers found that people who spent money on conveniences like ordering takeout for dinner are getting a cab or happier than those who didn't. I, I don't like, really like those as examples. Uh, so what does that mean? If you can afford to buy something, buy yourself extra time. I would say you'd be better off. I'm, I'm thinking in general, rather than the money on a new car, you might be happier spending the money on someone who cleans your house. So you're not cleaning your house and you're doing you, you've you the time to do other things. Yeah. Yeah, I could absolutely see the wisdom of that. You know, those who, of us who grew up with the Protestant work ethic, we have to get past that. And sometimes we have to get the past the beating ourselves up thing that we talked about to get to there. But once you do, I used to spend an extraordinary amount of time taming my yard. It was a big yard. It was at the end of a block, and there was a hill, a steep hill. Some of you remember the stories of the steep hill. I had to wear metal baseball spikes to weed whack uh, this this hill in my yard. It was about three-quarters of an acre. And uh, I would spend hours and hours and hours on that every weekend. I had three little kids. What the hell am I doing? Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I got the bronchitis. I went upstairs to get a cold pop. <laughs> I, thought, I was I was trying to keep it real. My right. people mow their own damn lawn. Yeah, I, I don't have to that. hire somebody. I'm the, trimming my own damn bushes. <sighs> nah. Yeah, that's a tough nah. one. Nah. And some of those, I think, now weigh that against me getting some exercise. This forces me to get some exercise. Well, there's that. Sure. But, yeah, in general, am I better off taking the kids to the park for an hour and hanging out with them or mowing the lawn? Uh, Self-reliance. If I understand the study correctly, you need to hire someone to exercise for you. That <laughs> right, exactly. saves you the time, and then you can on go to your other hedonic stuff. treadmill. <laughs> Get on that thing. Hurry up. <laughs> Crank it up to eight. I need a good sweat. So there you go. Four so that's all four of them. Day. Review them again for us real quickly. Let's recap. Don't do don't do uh don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Stop with the sad. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. That's one of them. Cheer up. Uh conquer your negative thinking. Okay. So uh Will do. Is there anything to actually be upset about right now? Am I actually in danger of anything? No. Right. Why do I feel that way? I don't know, but there's nothing actually happening. Uh forgive yourself. Okay. Done. That, that's a good one. Money helps but only to a point. So don't focus on the if I have more money then I'll be happy thing. Yes. Because that's just not true uh, in general. And buy yourself more time if you're going to buy anything. Super. Can we post this? I suppose we for, could. Or, for folks like, who want to read I'd it? I'd like to keep it a secret so other people stay unhappy. <laughs> right. Because life is a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. Their happiness is my unhappiness and vice versa. <laughs> a land of the blind, one-eye king, something or other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the beating yourself up thing. It's it's definitely a personality type. One of my one of I know my, I'm such an idiot. I can't stop doing it. I, one of my favorite song titles is a uh, drive by trucker song. Don't be so easy on yourself. That's um, my fear. Well, That's my fear. Is I'm giving myself too big a pass all the time. So <laughs> you know, if you give me a day, I'll give you a list of things to go easier on yourself and a list of things to go harder on yourself. You really ought to do something about that. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, and I'm sure Laura's got her own. <laughs> I think there's a bit of a Freakonomics element to that, too, too, where the fact that you have that fear, I think, is all that you really need. Because that you're aware of that being an option, being too easy on yourself. 
and so therefore you aren't. Well, Does and that make sense? And people who ought to be harder on themselves are too easy on themselves, and vice right. versa. It's part of God's cruel plan, and he laughs at us. <laughs> Uh, what was the other thing? I don't let my kids say bad things to themselves. I, I really I try to stop good. them from doing that. I, yeah, I kind of wish I'd been taught that, although. Well, I, I wasn't aware. I, I, yeah, I had never considered that as a concept until like a year ago. But it makes perfectly good sense to me. So if they call themselves, they learned this from me, by the way. If they do something and they say, you stupid jerk, I say, no, I'm not going to let you call me that or your brother that or you that. Right, right. Because you're not. Well, even if you are, I'm not sure it does you any good yeah. <laughs> to say it. Yeah. I think it's, it's like the whole uh, smart people are aware of what they don't know, and dumb people think they know everything. Those who are too hard on themselves are probably ought to not be hard on themselves, well, and those who aren't probably should. Well, that's one of the great studies of all time. Incompetent people do not know they're incompetent. Right. They have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really fascinating. Am I incompetent? Oh, Michael, ask yourself that question. No, you're a prince among men. <laughs> so chaos at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, it's mostly funny. It probably is unconstitutional. Courts have ruled the entire job, the entire... A little uh, goofed up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.